Hey, this is Andre Butler, pastor of Faith Experience Church. You're listening to the Faith Experience Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope that this message helps you engage your faith and experience the future God has for you. morning we're continuing and actually concluding a series that we began a couple weeks ago called Go Fund Them. Does anybody enjoy Go Fund Them? I think we've had a good time with it. And of course we began in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. So I want to read that to you first of all. The Apostle Paul is speaking and he says, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. And you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. One translation says there is a greater blessing in giving than in getting. Another one says you're far happier giving than getting. So ultimately Paul's point is you ought to live your life uh, based on this truth. Live by this truth. You should be a giver because the giving life is the better life. And so as we said before, you know, we're familiar with GoFundMe campaigns because from time to time we see people, you know, start one. Maybe there's been a tragedy or maybe they see a business opportunity. And so they're trying to get people to donate toward their cause. And from time to time we do that. We see there's a need or an opportunity and we decide we want to help out. We want to make a difference. And that's a good thing. But far too often That's just something we do every once in a while while actually living a GoFundMe life, having a GoFundMe mentality. In other words, we live our lives far too focused on what we can get rather than what we can give. When we think about money, we think too much about what we can receive rather than what we should be giving. And that needs to change. If you want to have the kind of life that really everybody wants to have, a life where you are making a difference, a life where you are fulfilled, and a life where God does get the money to you that you need and even want, you've got to have a go fund them mentality. You've got to learn to live to give instead of living to get. And so what we've been doing in this series is helping you develop that type of mentality, helping you to get past wanting to have a million dollars a year, instead be the type of person that wants to give a million dollars a year. And so, of course, the first week we learned that it's not about you, that really your financial life is not really about you. It's really about getting money to you so God can get money through you. And then last week we talked about the fact that, you know, we can't wait for perfect conditions to give, that you need to start being a giver now. If not now, then when? And if you'll go ahead and give when God tells you to give, that's when you'll get the financial breakthrough that you may need right now. Today I want to go a different direction. And so I'm going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This happens to be one of my favorite openings of Scripture. And I'm going to read it with verse, and begin with verse 8. And of course in chapter 8 and chapter 9, Paul gives quite a, an offering talk, as we would say. You know, he's talking to them about giving and he's really encouraging them to give in a particular offering And in verse 6, he says, man, don't forget that whatever you sow is going to determine what you're going to receive. And then in verse 7, he says, God doesn't want you giving because you feel pressure. God doesn't want you giving grudgingly. He wants you to give cheerfully. And so in verse 8, he starts to talk about what God will do for you if you are someone that gives and gives cheerfully. 
So he says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now, I want you to notice that he is, of course, talking about what God will do for you as a result of you being a cheerful giver. And he says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. And we'll probably come back to that. But his point here is that God wants to make all grace come to you so that you can always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient. So that you can get to the place where you require no aid, you require no support. In other words, you don't even need the bank to help you out. You don't even need a loan to have a house or a car or to go to college. Thank you for those three amens. No, he said God wants to get you to that place where you have all that you need and extra so that you can give to every good work. In other words, God's saying, I don't want you just to be able to give to this right now. You should give to this right now. But if you give to this, I'm going to cause a lot more to come into your life so you can give to many other opportunities that show up. And one thing that really jumps out at me about this opening of Scripture is that God is revealing to us that he seems to recognize that if you're going to be the type of giver that he wants you to be, one that's giving a lot, one that's giving constantly, that he's going to have to fund you. That God's going to have to go fund you before you can go fund them. In fact, you can keep seeing this. If you were to jump down to verse 11, he says, Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way. That word enriched means to make wealthy, to make rich. Why? Why would God make you wealthy? Why would God make you rich? So that you can be generous. And your generosity, as it is ministered by the will of God, uh, by, by us, excuse me, will bring forth thanksgiving to God. So he's telling us here once again that I realize I've got to fund you. I've got to bring abundance into your hands so that you can really give abundantly. You know, our, our purpose here as a church, our, the pillars of our vision is that we want you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a mark. And, of course, those kind of go in order. You've got to know God, first of all, for yourself. You've got to have a real personal relationship with God before you're really ready to make a mark for God. You get that? Right? I mean, if you don't even know he exists, you don't know him yourself, you're not going to do anything for him. And you've got to really find freedom. Get free of whatever is going on in your life, man. Kind of get the, the muck off of your glasses before you can even see clearly enough to figure out what your purpose is. Right? You got to get free of some stuff before you're ready for God to really use you. Right? And, and you got to figure out your purpose, really know what you're here for before you can really make a mark. Right? So you see how all these things kind of go together. I got to know God before I can make a mark. I got to find freedom and get myself free for, before I can make a mark and help somebody else get free. I got to figure out my purpose before I can use that purpose or step in that purpose and help somebody else be free. I got to have these things in place first before I'm making a mark. I'm drawing an X in somebody else's life, helping them have a faith experience. 
And in the same way God is saying here, I realize that although you can give now and you should give now, that I've got to bring some wealth into your hands before you can become the big-time giver I want you to be. I've got to go fund you before you can really go fund them. So how does God do that? Well, we started off with him saying God is able to make all grace Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Now, the word grace there uh, refers to God's power to prosper. God's power to prosper. And, you know, many times when we think about God's power, we might think, those of us who happen to have been around church for a while, we might think about God's power to save someone. God's power to heal someone, we just watched that happen. I mean, y'all still feeling it in your body? They got hands laid on you? So I see some hands up right now. We've seen God's power to do that, God's power to give you wisdom or answers. But there's also a stream of God's power that, is, that will come on you to prosper you. Its purpose is to help make you wealthy. I don't know about that, Pastor. That sounds like prosperity gospel. Well, the gospel does include prosperity. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18 is a scripture that reveals this. God's talking to Israel, and we'll probably come back to this and get a little bit more of the context. But notice he said, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get well. So God gives power to get well. He didn't even say power so that you just have something to eat. He didn't even say power just to take care of your needs. He says, I'll give you power to get what? Wealth. He said in verse 11 that you will be enriched. That means to make wealthy. So there is a power that comes from heaven that God will give you that will actually make you wealthy. We often call that power the blessing of the Lord. In fact, Proverbs 10, says it in this way. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person, what? Rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Now, when we talk about a blessing, those who have been around church, even those who haven't been around church, we, we're familiar with the word blessing. And we often think of blessing being, uh, a blessing being some object being given to you or something happening to you, right? That was a blessing. But this word blessing is a little different. It's called the blessing in the scripture. And it's, it's actually an endowed power for prosperity and success. Once again, it's the, the grace that God gives you that makes you rich. It's the power to get wealth. And you can see that here because it makes a person rich. When the blessing comes on a person, and, and notice it is from heaven, it's of the Lord. It's a heavenly substance. It's heaven on earth. When it comes on a person, its job is to make you rich. Notice I didn't say your job is to make you rich. I said your job, really your job is to make a mark. Do what God put you on earth to do. Have an impact in people's lives. And while you're busy doing your job, then it will do its job. In fact, if you look up the original Hebrew, because the Old Testament is translated from Hebrew, it literally says that, that the word make it rich literally means to accumulate. So it causes money to accumulate 
in your account, money to accumulate in your life. And once again, not just so that your needs can be met. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants you to be able to pay your rent. He wants you to be able to pay tuition, whatever the case may be. But God has higher, bigger dreams than that. You know, some people say, well, I don't need all that, Pastor, you know. But that's not how God thinks. When the Bible talks about Abraham, Abraham was a man who was about 75 years old. And all he really wanted was a son. And one of the things God promised him is, hey, if you go ahead and follow my plan for your life, then I'll, I'll, I'll bless you with children, right? But he didn't just say, I'll give you a son. He said, I'll make you a great nation. Abraham's not thinking about a nation. I just want a boy. I can relate to that. I got three girls. I love my girls. But every once in a while, I was like, man, can I have some testosterone in this house? I'm all excited about the game. You know how as a guy, you get loud, right? Yeah, you get excited. They look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm a guy. I know y'all not used to it, but I'm a guy. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm ranting about stuff. Anyway, moving on. Um, anybody y'all got a little boy that you don't need, I, I'll take him. But... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, Abraham just wanted a boy. That was his vision. God's vision was nation because he wasn't just thinking about Abraham. You might say, all I need is just a little bit for me and my family to get along. That's great. God wants that. But God's vision for your, even your financial life is bigger because he's saying, I, I want to make you rich because I know I can trust you and that if I get it to you, I can get it through you and you can help other people. Come on, God's tired of the people who have the money being the ones that use the money to destroy people's lives. They want to erect a casino, which is nothing but taxing poor people. Or the lottery. It's just a tax on poor people. They want to go ahead and spend all this money on, on creating porn, pornographic websites. We can go on and on and on. All these people have all this money, and they use it to create things that, that destroy people. That cause people to have to find freedom. And God said, I'd rather take that money and put it in the hands of my people who will use it to help people to experience me. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 22, that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And if you want to take the position, well, I don't believe Christians are supposed to have that much money. And Well, have you ever been to Vegas? Have you ever walked down the strip? Have you seen the Billions of dollars represented there, most of it being used in ways that are contrary to God's way. That's the wealth of the sinner. And God's saying that's laid up for the just. Now, you may not want your part, so I will take your part, and I will use it to help other people and enjoy life in the process because that's God's plan. Come on, I'm tired of people trying to put on you and on me their religious philosophy. You don't think a Christian should have money. I don't think a Christian should be rich. Jesus was homeless. He was not. Read your Bible. He could not have been homeless or the whole Bible isn't true. Because the covenant that we just read is if you obey God, God will give you the power to get what? Wealth. If there's anybody that obeyed God, 100% his name is. So he had to be wealthy. And if Jesus was wealthy then my goodness, I can be wealthy. And I'm here to tell you, God wants you to be wealthy because he wants you to be a blessing to others. He's got to go fund you so you can go fund them. Well, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen today, but that's all right. So the blessing of the Lord makes a person what? Rich. And there's so many scriptures that you see the blessing working in. 
You know, in Leviticus 25, God told them that there was a year they were not supposed to work the land, which is a problem because that means what are we going to eat? God says, I'm going to put my blessing on your crops, and it'll produce three years' worth in one year. And that's what they would experience. So literally, can you imagine getting three years' salary at one time? That's what the blessing does. When you read about Israel being brought out of Egypt, the Bible teaches that they didn't just get out of Egypt, but God had them go to their Egyptian slavers and say, give me your gold and your silver and your clothes. And the Bible says that God gave them favor with their slave masters. And the slave masters gave them gold and silver. They walked out wealthy from what their slave masters gave them. How I many you know that's not normal? What did that? Well, the word favor there is referring to the blessing. And there's so many other places in Scripture where you see the blessing producing those kind of results in people's lives. And the blessing is something that is available to you right now. In fact, I'll put it this way. The blessing of the Lord will make you a money magnet for God. You know what a magnet does? A magnet attracts metal. Well, the blessing, when it's on your life, attracts money. A money magnet for God is somebody who, got, who, who, who has money coming to them for God's purposes. And the blessing will make you like that, man. That's what Luke 638 is talking about. Give, and it will be given to you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. In other words, you're not looking for the men. They're looking for you. The money comes to you. Job 22 talks about how if you acquaint yourself with God, good will come to you. Right? Psalm 23. Most people know the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Right? The end of that is surely goodness and mercy will chase, hunt, and pursue you all the days of your life. Even Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. So you need to start changing how you think. You need to stop thinking about how you're trying to go get the bag. No, the bag's trying to get you. That's how God is wired. That's, what, that's where people get off because this is where Christians do get off when it comes to money. They're chasing the money instead of chasing God and making a mark. And that's where they get in trouble because they think money is the answer to all my problems. No, chase after God. Chase after being a blessing and money will find you. Because God will put his blessing on you and he'll, and he'll make you a money magnet for him. That's how things work for God's people. Well, pastor, this blessing sounds good. Or how in the world do I get it? Well, Deuteronomy 28, just to see an example, God's talking to Israel there. He's talking about the fact that, you know, if they obey him, and in one of the ways that they would is with their money, these are the things that would happen to them. And in verse 8, it says, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee. We know it's the blessing that makes a person rich, right? He'll command it on you in your storehouses. That word also is translated barns in the Bible. You read it in Proverbs chapter 3. For those of us that know Proverbs 3 there, it's really, today we would say our bank accounts. So if God puts the blessing on your bank account, what comes in your bank account? You can say it. What, what comes in your bank account? Money. So he said, I'm going to put the blessing in your bank account. Why? So it can be filled up with money. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 8 that the wisdom of God will fill your treasures. Right? In fact, that's what Proverbs 3 says. God will cause your barns to be filled with plenty. You need to stop looking at your bank account and seeing it in your mind's eye as just with a little something in it. Instead, see it filled with plenty. 
See it to the place where you've got so much, you've got to open another one because you hit the FDIC limit. Oh, I can see I need to preach on this more because some of y'all, y'all are, I ain't there yet, Pastor. That's what I'm trying to get you. That's why I'm here, to get you there. Because God wants you to never have to think about your money again. Come on, your money problems are over. You'll never be poor another day in your life. You'll never have to get another loan a day of your life. You're not a borrower. You are a lender. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Jump in on this. Get your faith stirred up. Because that's God's plan for your life. That's what's available to you. He says, I'll come in the blessing on you in their storehouses and all you set your hand to. In other words, when you go to the workplace, the blessing will be on you. And it helps you to prosper. That's what happened to Joseph. He was a slave in his master's house. But everything he did had success. He was thrown into prison because he wouldn't commit sexual sin. And then they, they put him in charge. Everything he did had success. Then he was made number two in the nation. Went from the jailhouse to the penthouse. And God will do that. It happened overnight. And, and everything he touched had success. And when you have the blessing on you, what will happen is you'll get in the workplace. In fact, I was with somebody maybe a, a week and a half ago, and a believer, somebody that's been serving God a long time, and they were just telling me how everything in their life, God has just blessed it. And, and, and they're in a high, very high position in a very well-known company here in Detroit. God has just prospered them. And they were saying, man, when you think about where I came from to where I am, this is what God did. Well, I know so many people like that. How do you get to that place where you have promotion after promotion or your business goes from one level to the next to the left? The blessing. And that's what God's saying. What, what will it produce? Well, he says, if you keep reading in verse 11, that the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods. Plenteous in goods. The word plenteous there means to exceed. It means to have too much. And the fruit of your body, and the fruit of your cattle, and the fruit of your ground. Today, we, we don't have cattle or, or ground necessarily, so we'll say we're fruit, we're plenteous in goods, and the fruit of our bank account. You might have some land in the fruit of your ground, too. If you have some land, you give us some at the church because we like to build some. Anyway, um, <laughs> it keeps going. It says, the Lord shall open unto his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain to your land in this season, to bless all the work of your hand. Get this. And you shall lend unto many nations, and you shall not borrow. Come on. If you, he's talking to the whole nation here, and this is what he actually did for Israel. He told him he would do this, and when King Solomon was king of Israel, they lived this because he was, he was leading them correctly. They were obeying God, and the blessing made that nation the richest nation on the planet. But, of course, if it's true for a nation collectively, it's true for the individuals as well. And you may say, well, that's old covenant. Well, of course, we have a new covenant with God. And one of the things that makes a new covenant better than the old covenant is that the old is in the new. Come on, what makes a 20 better than a 10 but that the 10 is in the 20? We don't have the bad of the old covenant, but we surely have the good of the old covenant. If they could have that through the blood of bulls and goats, then we could have it through the blood of Jesus. And it's a covenant where you lend and not borrow. Now, I, I don't know about you, but most people I know are looking to borrow. But can you imagine being the one that gets to lend? And let me tell you something. I'll just go here for a second. You don't really lend unless you can do without it. Right? And, and, and I'll say that. If, if you are going to lend to somebody, you better just 
you better look at it as though you're giving. Don't lend unless you can do without it. But the idea here is if you really are somebody that's able to lend to many, you've got plenty. And that's what the blessing would do. It would cause you to get to the place where you lend to many, where you're not a borrower. I don't need to get debt. Instead, I'm debt-free. I always have all sufficiency in all things, right? I don't, I don't need any aid, and instead, I can be a blessing to others. This is where God wants you to get to. He doesn't want you giving out of need all for the rest of your life. He wants you giving out of abundance. Now, it starts with you giving out of need, and we talked about that last week. But he, he'll, he'll take that seed and he'll create harvest in your life so that you can see, you can get to that place where you are able to give or lend to many. How do I get there? By giving. By allowing God to command the blessing on you. So, I'm, I'm actually going to see if I can get somebody to help me out here. Um, don't you help? So this is my laptop, and it is my MacBook, and some other stuff. I have no idea. Maybe something might come out and jump and, and bite you or something. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> so this is my laptop. It's got some valuable stuff in it, right? So I want you. To, I'm, I'm actually going to hold this, and I'm going to give you a twenty. And I'm going to say, you know, he's at FX Church, and it's time to give, right? I'm God right now. So he decides, Lord, I'm going to give this $20. So he gives a 20 This is now the blessing. Now you can put it on your back. So now he walks out of FX Church with the blessing on his back. He takes the blessing in the car. He takes the blessing home. He takes the blessing to work, and this blessing is valuable. Come on, the blessing is so valuable, the Bible talks about how Jacob and Esau fought over it, right? It is valuable, and it, it brings money. So he's like a money magnet because he's carrying the blessing. It's like, you know, uh, uh, how somebody can be knighted in Scripture, you know, not in Scripture, but, you know, in, in, in Egypt, or excuse me, England, we can see sometimes when someone's knighted, they'll have them kneel, and they'll literally put a sword on one side, and they'll put a sword on the other side, and I dub you sir so-and-so. Well, when you get the blessing, it's like God has knighted you. You are now the blessed, right? Come on, somebody say, I am the blessed, right? He is the blessed. He's got the blessing, and it, it causes money to come his way. And what was it that got him there? It was a blessing exchange. It's not that he paid for the blessing because he, he gave it. He didn't pay for it. But because he honored God through his giving, God honored him by giving him the blessing. Thank you very much. I, I was going to give you this 20, but you came off so fast. No, I'll give it to you anyway since we're talking about it. So what are you trying to say, Pastor? We started off in 2 Corinthians 9, right? He was talking about giving. When you give bountifully and you give cheerfully, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. What was God saying? When you give in that moment, immediately I put on your back the blessing. You start wearing the blessing. And in that moment, money starts coming your way. So there are some of us in here who have been giving for a while. 
and you've already been wearing it. You already have the blessing. Money is already coming your way. I'm going to say it again. Money is already coming your way. Come on, somebody say, it's coming. Turn to him and tell him, it's coming. Turn to somebody and tell him, it's coming now. Come on, it's already coming to you. It's already coming. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. It's already working in the workplace. It's already bringing opportunity your way. It's already coming because you're wearing the blessing. And every time you get, that blessing gets a little bit heavier. It gets a little bit stronger. That magnet pulls a little bit more your way. The blessing of the Lord is making you rich. You're wearing it right now. That's why if you're dealing with some financial issues, you got to get your eyes off of the issues and realize, no, thank God I got the blessing. And it make it rich. It's making me rich. Money is coming my way right now. God is about to cause me to have more than I need. God's about to cause me to have more than I have enough room to receive because I'm wearing his blessing. So you might say that and say, hear that and say, Pastor, well, wait a minute. If I'm wearing the blessing, then how come I'm not seeing more? Because there is one other element to this that we have to talk about, and that is faith. Everything God does in your life, he does it through faith. Everything that he, he can do in your life, he does through faith. So you may be wearing the blessing right now, but you still got to operate in faith for you to receive what is already bringing your way. Come on, there's money out there with your name on it. But you got to have, you know, it, but... You know, you got to have the address of faith. You know what I'm saying? You got to set up shop and say, I believe, and then it can find you. You got to have, you know, your name at faith.com. You know what I'm saying? You got to have your email address set up so it finds you. And there are three ways that you need to, to, to use your faith. Number one, you got to claim it by faith. You got to claim your return by faith. And Mark eleven twenty two says, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When? Now. And you will have them. The one other translation says, for this reason, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you now and you will get it. So here's the thing. Uh, most of us have experienced this, even at FX Church. I know we've had some parking issues the last couple of weeks. We're going to get it right. And, um, you know, so you go to a parking place and, and, they, and you, you notice you're told, hey, they validate your parking. Right? I did this last week. I was meeting someone downtown, and they said, you know, bring your ticket in. They validate your parking. So then when you, you know, I walked in, and I gave them my ticket, and they, they actually kind of switched out in that case, you know, tickets, or sometimes they, they might stamp it. And what am I doing? I'm saving money. Right? I'm claiming what belongs to me because I'm coming to see this person in this business. I, I shouldn't have to pay for parking. The parking fee is already paid for. So I'm claiming it. When you're somebody that's a giver, God has promised you a return on your giving. 
Give, it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When you sow, you will reap. We read 2 Corinthians 9. You'll always have all sufficiency. There's a many, many, many promises that say when you're a giver, God will give back to you. Claim it. Claim it. Yeah, I, 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 you ought to go before God say, God, your word says that when I give, I'll receive. I ask, Father, for my return right now. I have the blessing on me. I ask now that it works. I ask for it, and I believe I receive my return now. And that's what faith does. Faith doesn't say, I'll believe it when I see it. Faith says, I believe it when I say it or when I pray it. So you need to, one first thing you got to do is you got to claim it by faith. And you either pray for it and believe you receive it now and thank God that you have it now. Or, uh, or you can even just say it and believe you got it. Come on, we just read how he said if you, can tell, if you speak to the mountain and tell it to get up and go to the sea, it will obey you. You have that kind of authority. That's what Adam had in the beginning. God gave him dominion over all the earth. And if you're following Jesus, you have dominion. So you can speak to things in this world and they will obey you. That's what Jesus did when he spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. He spoke to the fig tree. That you ought to speak to the money. Come on. If you can tell a mountain to get up and get in the sea, you can tell some money to come to me. You just got to say it believing. So whether you claim it or you pray it in, you got to have that moment where you believe you receive your harvest. And, and that's why we, when we pray over our giving, there's a couple of things I do. One thing is I, of course, rebuke Satan, tell him to take his hands off of it because he has to obey me. I tell my angels, bring it to me because they got to obey me. I believe I receive it, and I thank God that I have it. And from now on, I'm not thinking about, am I going to see it? I already got it by faith. I'm thanking God I already got it. Not all that different than when you order something on Amazon. As soon as you press, you know, play or not play, as soon as you press submit, whatever the right term is, then you are, you will go on talking about, I got something coming. Right? It's coming. Your kids say, hey, I wanted to get this gift. I already ordered that for you, baby. It's coming. It's on its way. Well, the same thing is true about your harvest when you claim it by faith. Somebody say, it's coming. Number two, you got to act on it by faith. You got to act on it by faith. In Matthew 17 and verse 24, it says, On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house, but before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. He clearly wasn't a fan of taxes. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake, throw in a line, open the mouth of the first fish, fish you catch, and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. So what, what are we talking about here? These people came looking for money. And instead of Jesus saying, all right, let me just reach in my pocket and give you this money. Let me go into, you know, under the mattress. He gives direction. Sometimes the way God gets your money to you is by telling you something to do. In this case, he used Peter's skills. He was a fisherman. Go to the sea, grab a hook, throw it in. The first fish that comes up, 
open his mouth, there's going to be tax money, not just for me, but for you as well. When you take care of God's business, you take care of yours, right? And that's what happened. And that, one of the things that jumps out of me when I read this is that that means that God had a fish on assignment. The fish was assigned to go to the bottom of the sea, find the right piece of money, gobble it up, go up to the water, wait for a hook to come, jump on the hook, and then his job was done. If God can do that for them, God has no problem getting money to you. I'm going to say it again. Turn to somebody and tell them, God has no problem getting money to me. Somebody saying, why you got me saying so much? I got you confessing some things so your faith can get built up. God has no problem getting money to you. God has no problem getting money to me. Listen, God's got a fish out there with some money in his mouth waiting for you to obey his commands. And you got to understand there are multiple ways that God gets money to you. Just like a corporation can be financed in a number of different ways, right? Somebody, the owner can put money in it, or he can get an investor, or he can, you know, he can get stockholders. In the same way, God will get money to you through unexpected income. People are literally coming and just giving it to you. God will give you an idea, an invention, and he'll say, do this, create this. And when you do it, you'll find there is your harvest, or God will prosper you on the job. And during, while you're just doing what God called you to do in the workplace, you see promotion and bonuses and, and your business takes off. These are all ways God gets your return to you. So what you've got to do is you've got to act on it by faith. If it's just unexpected income, you ought to, in fact, with all of them, you ought to have an expectation of it. You ought to live your life like you're standing at the bus stop. Come on, you're standing at the bus stop waiting for the bus. You're kind of sitting out there looking. Right, because I know it's coming any moment now. Any moment now, the bus is going to show up. So even if I take a moment to look at my phone, after a while, I'm going to look because I know the bus is coming. But I'm living my life like this. How you ought to live your life? God promised me I'm going to have return on my giving. I've given bountifully, so I've got bountiful return coming. So when I come to church, I'm, I'm sitting at the bus stop. And when I go home, I'm, I'm sitting at the bus stop. When I go to work and they're giving out bonuses, I'm sitting at the bus stop. Come on now. I'm always expecting God to bring money my way. Today just might be the day where I'll see some increase. So I'm always expecting that. And it might come at where somebody gives me money. It might be a God idea and I go do it and it brings millions into the kingdom of God. It might be that God gives me promotion or a bonus. Whatever it is, I'm acting like I, it's coming because I know God is a faithful God who will do what he said. Come on, you got to act on it by faith. Then the last thing, you got to keep the faith. You got to keep the faith. The Bible talks about Abraham in and, 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 and Romans chapter 4 and how God promised him that he would be a father, the father of many nations. And the Bible teaches that Abraham uh, was not weak in faith, meaning he didn't just have a short burst of faith. And how was that? Because he refused to pay attention to the negative circumstances. He was about 100 years old. His wife was about 90. You don't have kids at that age, even in Bible times, normally. His wife had been barren. All that stuff was in the way of him having a kid. But the Bible teaches he considered it not. He utterly ignored it. 
And some of us need to utterly ignore what's on our bank statement. And what's not in our pocket. He utterly ignored it. So he didn't, he wasn't wishy-washy. He wasn't saying one minute it's coming and the next minute I don't know. Yeah, it's coming. I don't know, no, no. He was firm. He, he was completely and totally confident that what God promised he would have to the place where he was worshiping God for it ahead of time. He was praising God ahead of time. You know, it's kind of like um, my, one of my daughters, my youngest daughter, had a basketball game yesterday, and she had 10 points. And, and they won, but they had like 20 points as a team. She had 10 points. And we were like, man, I high-fived after the game. Man, you played so well. But you know what faith does? Faith would have praised her for getting 10 points before the game happened. But in driving to the game, like, man, you did good having 10 points today, and the game hadn't even happened yet. That's what faith does. That's what Abraham did. Thank you, Father, for my child. Thank you for my son. Thank you that I'm the father of many nations. I praise you I'm the father of many nations. And it, 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 he kept the faith. Even though he got up in the morning and he felt 100. And he looked at his wife and she looked like she was 90. And he looked at his life and he knew we have many but have kids all this time. He ignored all of it and just said, thank you, Father, that you're faithful and what you said is what I have. I thank you that I'm already, it's already done. He shouted before the walls fell. And that's one of the things you got to do about your harvest is you got to shout before the walls fall. Like how Hebrews 10 says it this way, don't throw it all away now. Talking about your faith. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. Faith is still a sure thing. What God promised you is still a sure thing. So you got to refuse to get discouraged about your return because it may not come immediately. Bible says, cast your bed upon the waters. You'll get harvest or abundance after many days. You've got to refuse to get discouraged, and you've got to praise God that you have it. It's already yours, and you will see it soon. And if you'll keep the faith, if you'll be somebody that'll do what we talked about, and you'll claim it by faith, you'll act on it by faith, you'll keep the faith. Then one day's going to come, the day's going to come where you have that return in your hands. God has funded you. And now you can really go fund them. I want to end just reminding you of what 2 Corinthians 9 11 says, because this is the purpose of God getting money to you. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way. Why? So that you can be generous. God is making us rich, not so we can just have something nice. Now, He does want you to have nice things. It's another conversation. But ultimately, the purpose of God funding you is so that you can be a bountiful, abundant, constant giver who's really enjoying what Jesus said, that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So come on, if you're a giver in this place right now, and you've already got seed in the ground, and you're believing God for harvest, why don't you lift your hands right now and just begin to thank God for it? Maybe you, you got out of faith. Maybe you were discouraged about it. Maybe you kind of said, well, it's never coming. Right now, reactivate your faith. No, wait a minute. God is faithful. You said, when I give, I'll receive. You said, I'll have running over returns. You said, I'll have harvest in my life. Come on right now and, and reactivate your faith. I believe I receive it now, Father. I thank you. I have every bit of the harvest you promised me now. And I praise you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that harvest. Thank you that you paid all of our bills. Thank you that you paid us, you've gotten us out of debt. Thank you, Father, that you've given us even more abundance, Father. 
thank you, Father, that we're in position to give bountifully, to give generously to the world around us. Thank you that you are our shepherd, our provider, just like you're our savior and our healer and our advisor and so many other things in our lives. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it. Come on now, how would you act if that money showed up right now? How would you act if you were able to pay those bills off right now? Come on now. How would you act if you could turn around and give like this right now? That's what praise does. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. And that's how you need to be all day and all week sitting at the bus stop. Thanking God, I got it. Thank you, Lord, I got it. Thank you, Lord, you paid this off. Thank you, Lord, I'm out of debt and I'll never be in it again. Thank you, Lord, I was able to write that million-dollar check and help somebody else. Thank you, Lord. And your faith is contagious, man. When God sees that, here comes the money. And he'll use you to fund the world for him. Now every head bowed, every head closed in prayer. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Experience Podcast. Remember, God has a future for you.